This is a cool guy I always liked. One of the first guys I got introduced to, called Hoang Po, an old Zen master. He's cool. And what's really cool about it, the guy who supposedly wrote this down was a scribe for the emperor, the, the emperor's court in China. Yeah, so he was a writer, professional writer. And he followed this Zen master, and so he'd go to a talk, and then he'd write it that night. And so this is pretty damn close, probably, to the, the horse's mouth over a large uh, bit of time. Like, this is like from 1st century A.D. That's a long freaking time, man. And yet, he may have captured it as close as you possibly could with that distance of time between now and then. Yeah, so it's really cool, I think. It was so crazy. I went to this. I went to uh, Burma, and I was, you know, naive and innocent. But I gave. I would give these to Burmese monks. <laughs> this copy of this book. I said. I was. <laughs> I said, here, bro, this will rock your world. (laughs) Check this out. (laughs) I want to read just a couple of things, if you don't mind. Get into the uh, swing of a new year. (laughs) Some people like when you uh, speak from an old supposed authority. Yeah, so that you can compare. Oh, he's talking about the Course of Miracles. So here it goes, this pure mind, the big M, yeah, this pure mind, the source of everything, shines forever and on all with the brilliance of its own perfection. But the people of the world do not awake to it, regarding only that which sees, hears, feels, and knows his mind, blinded by their own sight, yeah, self-centeredness, yeah, hearing, feeling, and knowing they do not perceive the spiritual brilliance of the source substance. If they would only illuminate all conceptual thought in a flash, that source substance would manifest itself like the sun, ascending through the void and illuminating the whole universe without hindrance or bounds. Therefore, if you students of the way seek to progress through seeing, hearing, feeling, and knowing, when you are deprived of your perceptions, your way to mind will be cut off and you will find nowhere to enter. Only realize, though, that though real mind is expressed in these perceptions, it neither forms part of them nor is separate from them. You should not start reasoning from these perceptions. Don't take these perceptions that we're having right now are manipulated. If you ever do the Course of Miracles, the whole thing they do is the lessons of the Course is they shift your perceptions. Because that's something that isn't so can be shifted. Yeah. So you can see anew, basically. Because the way you're seeing isn't the only way. It ain't the real way. It's just another abstraction of mind. Yeah? And if the abstraction of mind is expressing itself, and it's expressing itself this way. So if you go back, instead of trying to change what, how it's appearing, go back to from whence it's appearing. If that changes, then the abstraction changes. And then you see anew. It's like, like Jesus says, you'll have eyes to see and ears to hear. Even though you're hearing and seeing now, you'll have eyes and ears to see and hear. You'll get another message. Yeah? This is the whole point. And, uh, is that you're that. 
Just like here, if you follow lesson two of the Course of Miracles, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So the lesson would go like this. You'd just look around the room, and whatever your eyes fell upon, you would just say that statement. I'm giving this all the meaning it has. And what ha- may happen is you may, you may have a scene before it turns into a chair. Yeah? You'll see its true nature, which is nothing. It's empty. And then it will appear as the concept that we've given it, chair. It's trippy. So you'll be looking at it and you go, your eyes are going around the room and and you light upon a chair and you go, I'm giving this all the meaning it has. And then for a second before the meaning chair arises, something else is there, or nothing is there really. But you see it. You see nothing. So then after a while, you get to see that Jesus Christ, I'm giving everything all the meaning it has. When that, whatever that may be, it's nothing in a sense. Let's say it's just vibration. But my mind recognizes or registers the vibration and says, oh, it's a chair. Yeah. So now it becomes a chair. And then this comes dead, yes? And then everything is given name and form. I see you as a thing and I call you something. Yeah, that's a chair, you're dead, and this and that. Yeah. Yet, what happens, how is all that name and form being delivered? It's being delivered through a name and form. This has been given a name, Paul, and a form, the body. Yeah. So we're not trying to go out here and change, oh, I don't see anything there. It doesn't matter what you're seeing. It's not true. It's just an appearance. Yeah. You don't have to fight it. But... Where the, where the meaning that is having for you, it's resting or it's thriving or growing in the meaning that this has for you, this body. And this, for many of us, this body is called us. Yeah? So this becomes the thing, and this gives meaning to all other things. Yeah? And maybe we can get to see that I'm giving meaning, but you don't realize a lot of time that this, that feeling of I'm giving meaning is a meaning that's been given. You never get the sense of being Paul as a meaning, there's, there's, this, there's this constant verification based on an assumption that I'm so. There's no proof to it. There's just, it's just taking it for granted. And maybe I'll question if you're so or not, but very rarely will this be questioned. Yeah. As maybe this, this is a, is a meaning that mind gave. Yeah. This a meaning mind gave. Yeah. And then a mental process gave it, crowned it with this other meaning called me, which shifts me off. I'm not anything like you anymore, ever. I'm me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I get that you're you and you're having your troubles, but I'm me. I don't deserve the troubles you have. There's a separation ju- just based on the fact that I'm different yeah, than you. So this whole idea with selfing is... People think their thoughts are driving them crazy. But the thoughts are just facilitating the driving crazy. Yeah. If you're in good shape, the same thought that drove you crazy yesterday doesn't seem to have the ability to drive you crazy today. You don't get it? That you're... It's, up to, it's not up to the thought that you're having. It's up to the one who's having the thought. Yeah? There's where the meaning goes. I have more emphasis than any thought ever that's, that's heard in my head. I have more emphasis than that. But this emphasis is given over to that. Yeah, The mental process becomes a thought, which is I'm the thinker, and then it lends itself, 
then every thought that's now heard or, or if you want to call it seen or you recognize or you become aware of, it's now your thought, yeah? And now that thought, just like this bottle, is just a bottle, yet it can change just by calling it my bottle. Now it's being used to point to the owner of the bottle, yeah? So here's a thought, just a thought, becomes my thought. Now every one of those thoughts that's claimed is now pointing or assuming or facilitating the bondage to the being the thinker. Every day, all day. Thought, thought, if you're having a really good day, you're not taking your thoughts so seriously, and usually not they're not held as yours. It's when you're taking yourself seriously, they're your thoughts, or they're about you, yeah? So here they go, thought, 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 thought. But now, tag it with my thought, the thought now has an agenda that you may not be aware of. It's indicating and it's pointing and reinforcing the idea of you as the thinker. This is called the bondage of self. Everything that conscious contact brings to notice here, that brings up into awareness here, yeah, the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, is now being used to facilitate you going to sleep to that fact. Yeah. So now the seeing isn't emphasized, it's the seer and the seeing. The hearing isn't emphasized, it's the hearer and the heard. The feeling isn't emphasized, it's the feelers emphasized and the felt. Yeah. What's allowing the feeler and the felt becomes totally underplayed and the feeler and the felt get really overplayed. Yeah? How do you like it? It's not serving you. It's producing heaviness. And at that same moment, there's the relief from the mental moment. The exact same moment where the mental moment is being contrived is the relief from the mental moment by just recognizing the moment. And what is the moment? The moment is of conscious contact. Not of you being in contact. And not on what you're in contact with. It's conscious contact. Yeah? It doesn't emphasize who or what was in contact. It states the fact. Conscious contact. Consciousness in contact. Yeah? That's what's going on. The mental process claims it, and now it's all about you somehow. Yeah? Consciousness is totally forgotten. It becomes an attribute that you can have or not have. And usually you'll probably take, your opinion will be you're not too conscious. Yeah? Or you're super conscious and no one else is conscious. It's sort of like a lady I knew. She says, oh, I've been freed from the ego, but everyone else's ego is bothering the hell out of me. That's not it. That is not it. Yeah? So here, if you notice what's going on, maybe you'll notice the noticing. Maybe you'll become aware or conscious of the awareness of what that what is that quality that's bringing all this to light. Am I the progenitor of that? If I'm, am I the doer of that quality? And then there it happens. A pause occurs. And then the mind is sort of like freed from that constant looped engagement with selfing. And then it sort of freezes the system and then the raw mind gets it. The raw mind senses, that's it. I'm all there is. Then all these things that you've read in the past, why I like this isn't that it's so likable, it's what it triggers in me. Just like some of the statements I use out of Course in Miracles, it triggers a monumental space just by entertaining it because I've entertained it before and a huge vista opened up and that huge vista isn't closed for New Year's Day. 
It's always open. Yeah? I read this, it triggers that. Yeah? It doesn't produce it. It just allows what is an act of, which is an activity, me seemingly being here, to stop and realize I'm all there is that's been here. There's nothing other than what I am going on. Everything else is what I am appearing to be something else. Yeah? How could it not be? If something is a problem on Monday when you're in bad shape, and it's not a problem on Tuesday when you're in good shape, and then it's a problem again on Wednesday when you're in bad shape, what the hell is it? What innate quality does it have if it can change so drastically? In Buddhism, they call it everything is empty. It's empty of being a thing, of being a real, solid, long-lasting, independent entity. There's nothing like that to be found here. There's no nouns to be found here. There's just selfing. There's verbing. There's seeing. Da-da-da-da. Just activity, 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 activity. Yeah? In manifestation. And yet, all of that stemming from a place that's not active whatsoever. Yet incredibly active. Because it's the imminence or the potential of every possibility that has come to pass here or hasn't come to pass here. It's the whole enchilada. And you are of that. So if it says, like, I like the acronym of fear in recovery. False evidence appearing real. Beautiful statement. False evidence appearing real. Now, how could false evidence even appear real? It would have to have, it would have to appear real to something that is what? Real. Where else, where would it get, where would it get its reality lent from? False evidence appearing real. How did it get to appear real? It actually never got to appear real. It's based on the you it's appearing real too. Yeah. Yeah. False evidence appears real. Where's the main, what's the main shaker in this event? Well, it can't appear real unless there's a you to appear real too. Yeah. And if it's appearing real to that you, that you must be made of up of some quality which has reality as its basis. Yeah. And because of the ignorance or the ignoring of certain facts here, in that ignorance, we have forgotten that we are giving everything all the meaning it has, and we're taking ourselves to be something the ignorant mind has given a meaning to, this object called Paul. And yet, it doesn't stop there, because that would be a very humbling event it actually now claims to have the powers of that mind, but as this body. Yeah. So now I become the doer of everything that I do. I'm the hearer of everything that's heard through me. I'm the seer of everything that's ever seen during the day. I'm the thinker. I'm the feeler. Yeah. And as soon as the feeling is claimed and you become the feeler, the feelings that, that claim, they facilitate now the bondage to the idea of being the feeler. That's called the bondage of self. 
The thoughts, as soon as the thinker is in place and all the thoughts are held as yours or about you, those thoughts are now facilitating the bondage of mind to this idea of being a self. It can happen, but it can appear to happen. It cannot happen. None of this could actually ever come to pass because it's not real, but it can appear to be real, but that's where, where our role is. It has to appear to be real to one of us. Yeah? Like something's bothering Deb, and it's really appearing real to her, but it's not appearing real to me. Yeah? It's not. I can, it doesn't matter how close I'm sitting next to her, how much compassion I like to have for her, and hold the space for her, it's not jumping and becoming real to me. Why is that? Why can it seem as real as real to her, but it doesn't? It's that reality doesn't spread to everyone else. Yeah. We've got a little porno theater, and this the little this event is the mind, a conditional aspect of mind playing God, and you're its, you're its kingdom. Yeah, the thoughts that seem to be yours have the ability have the ability to bound you, to bind you, to drive you crazy, to bum you out. Do that. They cannot do it to someone else. Because the other one isn't holding the same thoughts that are being used to drive Deb crazy, to, and it's not being held to, as my thought here. So it doesn't have the ability to drive me crazy. The ability to drive me crazy comes from me, not from the thought. They get the diagnosis correct. See what's going on. And then there's a possibility of being free from it. But every other possibility is, in some form or another, you're like a victim. Yeah. It's incredibly good news because if you didn't take self so seriously, your life would be a lighter for it. I'm telling you. What you call, which seems to be so important to all of us, our experience here, becomes so much lighter without you in it. Yeah? The less of you, the lighter it is. You don't make, you can't put two and two together. Like when you're not, when I'm doing something like being in the water, my mind isn't, my mental process that's probably busily trying to remember me when I was once in the water and then project when I'm going to be in the water, but my interest and attention isn't interested in that. Yeah? It's interested in what's happening now, and that's why it's such a wonderful event, because you, you, your inherent absence is obvious at that point. Yeah? Now, you may pin it on surfing or doing it like this, but that's a mistake. It's your mind, the mind. Yeah? When the mind forgets self, yeah, it's in the active remembrance of what it is. Yeah? When it remembers self, it's in the passive denial of what it is. Yeah? You're not saying, I'm denying who I am all day, but by you being actively up the ass of self, you're passively denying your own nature. Yeah? Like Jesus supposedly said, you can't serve two masters at the same time. It's impossible. Yeah? If the thoughts are held as yours, you're busily serving that master of selfing. If the feelings are constantly held as yours, that's the activity of, ma- of serving that master called selfing. When you realize this isn't about getting rid of thoughts or feelings, it's just questioning is there a feeler and a thinker? 
Yeah? Because what happens if you go there, you'll well, find out. If you lose interest in that point, that's the distribution center for all the heaviness that's being used to facilitate your bondage. That's the distribution point right there. It starts there and then jumps into my and, and piggybacks on thoughts as your thoughts, feelings as your feelings, actions as your actions, and now you're stuck on the fly pipe, fly paper of circumstances and conditions. And every time you move, you get more stuck. You can't use doing and having to get you into a state of being. All you'll get into is another mental state. Yeah. And if you believe in time, then everything we do here is like preparing for a better moment than this one. That's the slavery of self. Yeah? Like this guy in The Course of Miracles, it says a beautiful thing. They call this moment, let's say, this obvious invitation, opportunity, this onness, as, let's say, the holy instant. Yeah? So he says, it's the biggest, the biggest uh, deterrence of anyone entertaining the holy instance is their belief that they don't deserve it. And how is that manifested? In them trying to prepare themselves for it. An incredible statement. The biggest deterrent of you entertaining the, the holy instant is your belief you don't deserve it. Yeah, and how is that to being displayed? It's not to being displayed as you don't deserve it. It's being displayed by your preparing yourself for it at a future date because you're not ready to receive it now. So maybe you won't see the real nut, which is the guilt. The guilt you're carrying in this moment of not being enough or you've omitted something or somehow or another, based on being the doer or the thinker or the feeler, you cross the line that you need to be punished for somehow. So it's just like if you take an alcoholic and drop it into heaven, it'll be hell in a day. They won't, they can't, if they haven't gone through a certain uh, point of relaxing, they're not going to be able to enjoy what shows up in their life when things get better. They're going to blow it up. They can't stand it because they don't think they deserve it. Yeah? So here, the biggest deterrence to this holy instant is you and I believing that we don't deserve it. How is that being displayed? How it's being displayed is you're, ta- you're preparing for the holy instant. When you have no point or job to prepare for it, you have no fucking clue what it's about. That's where the relief is. You surrender. Yeah? Your little bit of willingness will open up, yeah? Because it'll be backed by a huge willingness, yeah? Your your little bit of willingness, as this conditional idea of Paul, will be backed by this huge willingness of what you really are, yeah? So see, probably right now, you have reservations and clauses why you aren't experiencing or enjoying relief or whatever. And it usually is because of you somehow. Yeah? You have something to do with it. And this is the application of you being applied to something you have nothing to do with once again. Just like the idea with the hair. You know, I'm growing my hair. Oh, yes. I'm growing my hair and the pride comes up. Oh, my hair is looking really good. Like I have something to do with it. You know, like I'm taking three hours a week to grow my hair. But it's an, it's an absurd idea. 
But this is what the selfing or the language does. It implies you have something to do with something you have nothing to do with. You have nothing to do with your own fucking salvation in a sense. That's what scares the bejesus out of a lot of us. When you sit in the pause of irrelevance, that's where the freedom lies. Yet immediately you got to kick into having to do something. How can I better get receive this? Or that? Instead of just letting it come over you, like a wash, wash over you. Yeah, just let it wash over you. You're in it. You're in it. There's no more needing preparing. No need to sort of uh, withhold. No need to sort of uh, wait for a better one. Just, just let go, man. It's such an incredible unspoken yes in your gut. You'll be affirmed finally. Yeah. And the biggest hooks of all are your own. You've been convicted in your own head. You have. You've trespassed. You've omitted things and committed things. And in your view, you don't deserve a fucking break. You should have known better. Because you're supposed to be perfect, yes? There's no fucking relief there or compassion. You may give it to others, but you hold yourself to a much higher standard. I should have known better. These are the hooks you get let loose from. Yeah? You were thinking everything society was hooking you. You were all, you were in cahoots with every one of them. They were, all they were doing were reinforcing the judgment you already conceived about yourself. Guilty. <laughs> There's a great thing in the course. They talk about guilt quite a lot. You know? And I remember when I was young, my father got sick when I was six years old. You know? And everything was going one way, and then he got really ill, and then things changed. You know? And my family, my mother talked to me about dad's ill, and you know he's not going to be able to play ball with you anymore, and stuff like that. And they actually, we had a family doctor then, Dr. Jane Quinto came and sat down with little Paul and talked to him about how his father was sick. And you know, I was hearing what they had to say, but I was convinced inside already that I must have had done something to cause my father not to want to play with me. That was it. That was the sense tactile feeling of guilt. Yeah? That somehow I had something to do with my father's withdrawal in my life. It's unfucking believable. This is called that guilt of self centeredness. Yeah? What would happen when you hear these lovely statements about heaven or peace or bliss or enlightenment where everything is just unbelievably blissful and love abounds and everything like that? And you're in selfing. Your mind's in selfing. And then, when, with that idea running around in your head, you look at what the day looks like to you. People yelling at you, each other, you know, throwing things, getting into fights. You know, your boyfriend or girlfriend is fucking yelling and screaming, maybe physically getting like this. It seems so incongruent. Yeah, that idea of all there is is love and all there is perfection and your experience. And because you're the end-all and be-all, in that view of selfing, you had something to do with it not being that lovely, beautiful way. Yeah. You're the one who separated from God. If they say God is everything and it was there was no 
God is all that, yet that's not the experience. I bet you, in selfing, you'll be seen to be at fault for that. You'll be the root of it because you're the doer. You're the haver. You're the thinker. You're the feeler. You're what makes things happen here. So if something seems to not have happened that everyone says, should have, love, and this and that, I bet you, deep down, your head believes you have something to do with it not happening. Yes? And that's where the guilt stems from. And that guilt is like a weather front in all our fucking skies. Yeah? Maybe the sun will peek through here and there, but you'll never get a clear dose of it. That that thing, that that shade will be drawn. Yeah, like it says in AA, you know, you gotta open up to the sunlight and the spirit as if you're in this room, this mental room. And the only way the light can get in is through the the uh, openings that we've built, you know, the doors and the windows, because we built this wall. Yeah, we put a little window in there, so the light has to come through that and that alone. So there's an entrance, yeah? There is a requirement that five-cent shade can block the whole effect of the sun for you in this little mental room, yeah? And then you have to find a way to raise the shade. And in that finding a way, you have to have something to do with it. Yeah? Because the basis of self-centeredness is you're the doer. Yeah? So you're going to have something that either you're going to find someone will do it or you're going to have to... You're going to have a role to play in the shade being pulled up. That's why it's fucking real to you. That's why it seems to be down. Because you have some say in the matter. Yeah? You don't want to have a full blast of light. You're too convinced of your guilt. You like a little bit here and there, but you're not willing to let go of that old idea that something is inherently off about you somehow. Yeah? And if it seems to have been done, you had to have something to do with it. What would happen... If there wasn't a wall, would, there, would that window have such a defining effect on my life? And would that five-cent shade be able to stop me from having a light? Yeah. What is it but your mental walls? And what's, this, what's the mortar of those walls? It's guilt. Yeah. Guilt and shame based on doing, based on being the thinker of certain thoughts, based on being the feeler of certain feelings, based on certain feelings you had about others that you have been convicted for. Yeah? You're in the court of mind, you're in the court of self, and you and I have been convicted in that court. Yeah? No matter how many times you appeal, you're the judge that's passed the judgment. There is no God in that court but selfing. The whole point is, if you're not that, which is the center of the whole fucking crazy mental judicial system, if you're not that... All of what you think are your cases, which they're not, will be brought into the court of light. And all the convictions will be annulled. Yes? And when you leave that prison, the very strong feeling is that you've never been in it to begin with. When you leave an imaginary place, the feeling of it never never existed to begin with is so strong and so authentic it overrides all of your considerations. Yeah. 
So it leads you to a statement in the Course of Miracles. Hey, I need do nothing. <laughs> I need do nothing. It sounds like it would promote a hallelujah, but it's a fucking threatening call to me. If you're the sense of being the doer, if that's strong, that's a fucking scary thing. That's a scary proposition. That it isn't, it isn't about you. Yeah. That all the sins that you think you've committed that are keeping you from the light are all on your side. The light doesn't recognize anything like that. That's what it says in the recovery. Quit playing God. What is that? What is that but selfing? You haven't been made in the image of God. You've been made in that image. <laughs> you're following the image of the God of self. And you're flawed, baby. And you shouldn't be. You should have known better. That bad thought implies that you're bad. That weirdly thick and sick perverted feeling implies that you're really sick. Yeah, that action that was crazy implies that you're crazy. You're bound by everything that you've owned now owns you. You've owned the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions, and now they own you. You're not going to do and have yourself into a state of being. But you can definitely seem to do and have yourself out of one. Definitely. And it may have the story that you're trying to do and have yourself into a state of being, but actually what it will produce is a doing and having yourself out of the state of being. You'll be going to a state of being that's purely a mental state. That's why they say these statements in spirituality, the open gate, you know, the gateless gate. What, what does that imply? The gateless gate. How can there be a gate if it's gateless? <laughs> Exactly. And if there's no gate, could there be a gate attender or attendee? No. Would there be a toll? No. There's no gate. There's no way you can be prohibited from somewhere to somewhere. <laughs> you know, there's no separation. Or the open secret. It's an open secret. What? How could something be a secret if it's totally open? Exactly. <laughs> You hear this old one, we're all children of a barren mother. What the fuck does that mean? A barren mother. None of us have been born. This is a dream. What? We're all children of a barren mother? How can a barren mother give, give birth? Exactly. We weren't birthed. We are of the unborn. Yeah? These are meant to tickle something. Not yourselfing. That's who cares about winning that over. The rawness of the mind that's all around that little freaking mentation process called selfing. It's unbelievable. It's so small, it's not even noticed in mind. It's the raw mind when the selfing gets sort of stopped, which it can because it's a process. It's not a real thing. Yeah? You can have an event where the selfing stops and something continues. You are that which is continuing when the selfing stops. Yeah? 
There'll be an awareness that nothing's going on. You are the awareness. You're not of what's going on. You are the awareness of what's going on or what's not going on. Yeah? So take it simply. If you're starting small, just start, look at, question the thoughts at least. Question, is there a, there, is there a thought or an act that precedes all the thoughts that I notice? And is that act, could that act be called, construed as claiming? And is it represented by the feeling of mine? Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's my humble pointing out, yeah? So instead of having immediately react to the thought, as the thinker, maybe just to see if something comes up, if you just don't rush into the immediately think, oh, these are my thoughts, they're driving me crazy, I'm doing this. Maybe just, hey, throw this little wrench in the work. What happens if a thought goes by and it's not yours? You'll see that it goes by. <laughs> it will come and go. And then you'll get the nature of it. Yeah? It won't be, it won't be a sport of you that it came forth from you and it's about you. It came and went. <laughs> and the same thing with feelings. If a feeling isn't your feeling, what does that what happens to the feeling if it's not yours? It comes and goes. Yeah. Instead of being used to point to the feeler and and being used to point to the thinker and being used to, th- to point to the doer all day. Yeah? Every action that issued forth from you today was, co- was claimed and hijacked by the mental process of selfing and used to, to adorn you as the doer. Yeah? You, this, as the doer. This and this alone. I find like continual relief just entertaining the possibilities that I share here. Yeah. It's been years now, just a steady baseline of relief. Mm-hmm. Bounces up in here and this and that. But this doesn't become the baseline. There's a baseline, a note, let's say the unheard note, or the, the infinite note, but there's a baseline mm, through everything. All the horrific situations, and then how many earth-shattering events have you been in, and has the earth ever shattered in them? No. How many, this is the problem, have you had? I don't care about the other, this is the problem. Well, I've been working with you for years, that you had the problem three months ago. This is this is the one. This is the real. This is the real problem. It's always just like that. Yeah. This isn't saying stop what you're doing. I'm saying you're doing whatever's going to happen. You have proclivities that are expressing themselves. They have nothing to do with you. There's no one. It's like that thing in Disney World where they have that boat 
And you should notice when you're getting on the boat, there's like 12 steering wheels, but everyone gets on the boat and you're going to go through these hazardous waters, supposedly in Africa, and there's hippos rise up and then people turn and they get splashed, but they make it and they feel proud. Oh, I escaped from the hippo. And then the alligator, oh, I escaped from the hippo. And they're all, you know, it's, a, it's obviously a ride, but they get into it, yeah? Yet it's being controlled from some room with a computer with a big bar underneath. They have absolutely nothing to do with it. They're spinning the wheel and this and that. Look at what I did. Or it's just like you go to a football game. Remember, I went to a football game. San Francisco uh, 49ers against New York Giants years ago. And I'm in, from New York, so I was sitting in this, in this crowd. I don't even know was into the 49ers. And I wasn't, you know. I think I had a Yankee hat or something like that. And after the first three minutes, the game was over. 49ers killed them, like 49, 43 to 3 or something. And all these people were yelling at me, we're kicking your ass, we're fucking we're destroying you. And I was going, wait a minute, uh, is the 49ers sending you a check every week? Then none of these guys on this field know you from fucking Adam. We're kicking your ass. This identification is constantly prevalent. Yes? And they had nothing to do with it. They could have walked in. No one would have known them if they were an ardent fan for 30 years if they walked through the locker room, probably. Yeah? But this affiliation, you'll go to war because of it. Yeah? There's a point where it's not so. And then there's another seeming point where it appears to be so. That's where I am. That's where you are. We've never left that. We are what's so, and we are also at the point when things appear to be so. We are that. Being at the what's so-ness, with all the activity of appearing not to be so, doesn't affect the what's so-ness at all. It's tro- truly reliable. Any moment when the shit stops, it will be available. Yeah? It doesn't matter if you thought you were on the road to hell for like 20 miles. As soon as you drop the rock, it's there. Like it rushed ahead and got to you. Yeah? It's always available at all times. And then at this point, if there's a certain mentation going on, and it attracts the attention and interest of the activity of mind, because it's about me, the me gets in there, this idea of being a special certain someone, then... What's so is seemingly forgotten, and then what's not so seems to be what's so. Yeah. Now we're in the statement of the, of the Course of Miracles. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forgot that we're the dreamer of this dream. Now, how do we forget that we're the dreamer of the dream? Well, we take, to be, we take ourselves to be a dreamt object. This, yeah. We take ourselves to be this. That's the act of forgetting that we're the dreamer. We now become the dreamt. Yeah? And in that position of seemingly being the dreamt, we now give all the power to things that we're dreaming to affect us as this dreamt object. Sounds like your day, doesn't it? Pretty clear fucking description of what's going on. I, I mean, you can't, you can't really argue with it. You and I are dreaming this place. You know. We forgot that we're dreaming. How are we doing that? Because we're remembering ourselves as a dreamt object, and we're forgetting ourselves as the dreamer. And in that activity, we give everything we dreamt the power to affect us. 
So now, what isn't real seems real to us because of what? We're real. Yeah? We are the what-so that's seemingly forgotten. But it's never forgotten. Because that's where all the meaning's coming from. If anything seems real, where does it where does it get that sense of reality? Not from itself, because it isn't, but from you and I. Yeah? Through forgetfulness. We forget what we are, we remember what we're not, as us, and we give everything else the power to affect us, and in that ability to affect us, we take it to be fucking real. You ever be in a room where there's like 100 watt bulbs and then they get to be like 500 watt bulbs? It's not the bulbs. Yeah. The light gets more pronounced because you are the light. <laughs> Things get bright. Not because they're bright, you're bright. <laughs> I can't believe how lovely this day is. No one's maybe not seeing it that way. Someone right next to you may not be seeing it that way. How can that be? The world seems so bright. It isn't bright. It seems to be bright. Who does it seem to be bright to? What's bright? <laughs> when it seems to really be bummed out and dark, what is it appearing to be dark and bummed out to? What seems to be dark and bummed out? But isn't? There's the solution. If you're up the ass of self, the shenanigans go on. If you pop out of it, then you see anew. Yeah? Things become clear. Like my friend always said, blue is blue and red is red. There's no confusion anymore. Yeah? You're located in this this time we call Sunday. Oh, no, it isn't Sunday. <laughs> it's Wednesday, the first of the year. And, you know, <laughs> there you go. It's a nice place to start. Yeah? Instead of starting three weeks ago, today, or starting from four weeks from now, today. You might as well just get on the right page. See how the book goes. It may have a totally different meaning if you're on the right page. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're brightening up. You spent tons of time trying to be bright, right? Now you're just doing things you like and now you're brightening up on its own. That's the fucking point. Yeah. If you like, maybe you like to meditate far out, man. But if you're not the meditator, it'll probably go a lot more smoothly. <laughs> There'll be so much that is, is mined from that event when you're not the miner. Yeah? So much will be dug out of that event to be of use to others when you're not the digger. Yeah?
I just want to read something else just because I like it. No, this is nice here. All right. The one mind at the end, yeah? The one mind alone is the Buddha. And there is no distinction between the Buddha and sentient beings. But that sentient beings are attached to forms and so seek externally for Buddha head. Buddhahood. You're the Buddha. You're going to show me the way. Why is there, why is there a way? What would take a path? A body. What goes on a journey? Does spirit go on a journey? A body goes on a journey. Don't you see how we've even taken our own nature and made it a story about how the body's going to find it? <laughs> how quickly it's displaced from right where it is by adding distance and time to it? <laughs> so the obvious open secret will seem like a secret when distance and time is in- injected into it, yeah? Alright, so the one mind alone is the Buddha. And there is no distinction between the Buddha and sentient things. But that sentient beings are attached to forms and so seek externally to for Buddhahood. By their very seeking, they lose it. By their very seeking, they lose it. For that is using the Buddha to seek for the Buddha. And using mind to grasp mind. So using what you would call the conditional mind to grasp the big mind. Yeah. Even though they do their utmost, and I bet you none of us can say this for ourselves, even though they do their utmost for a, for a full eon, <laughs> you can't even do it for a day. <laughs> I take a vow in the morning, I probably broke it five hours later. So he's saying, even if you do it to the utmost, for a full eon, they will not be able to obtain to it. They do not know that if they put a stop to conceptual thought and forget their anxiety, the Buddha will appear before them. For the mind is the Buddha. The mind. Mind, yeah. And the Buddha is all living beings. It is not the less for being manifested in ordinary beings, nor is it greater for being manifested in the Buddhas. We could have walked into a retreat, let's say it started last Monday, we could have stopped the whole retreat by making that statement. <laughs> Say, so be free to do something else in nine and a half days that were left. <laughs> hey, I, can I please interrupt this retreat? No, it's the first day, and you're all excited about the next nine days. Hey, let me throw this at you. <laughs> the one mind alone is the Buddha, and there is no distinction between the Buddha and sentient things. Yes? There's awareness moving, or consciousness is moving through this thing, yes? Let's see. But that sentient beings are attached to forms. And so, obviously, if you think this is you, then the Buddha's going to have to appear as that. Just like when people have the idea of God, it's an old man with a beard, because we place place God in our image, yeah? He's got to be a thing, 
There's got to be a causer of all this. There's got to be a creator of all this. Because, look, and I'm the creator of my day, so if this is the day of all days, there must be a creator. We reference everything from self-centeredness. Yeah? Everything that we meet with self-centeredness, it gets morphed in to fit the, the logic of the system. Instead of questioning the fucking logic of the system, and seeing that it's a failed system, it just absorbs everything and fits it to fit its purpose. Which isn't to be happy, joyous, and free. It's to be special and right, and pretty much alone. So, okay. Now, don't leave yet. It's not a break. It's oh. 10 more hours of meditation after this, but maybe this changed things. I hope so. Okay? By their very seeking... Could I be thrown into this situation? Just paid a thousand dollars for the church. All right, by their very seeking, they lose it. <laughs> for that is using the Buddha to seek for the Buddha, and using mind to grasp mind, even though they do their utmost for a full retreat. <laughs> they will not be able to attain to it. No matter how many retreats they go to, the same result will occur. They do not know that if they put a stop to conceptual thoughts that the retreats are going to do it for me, <laughs> and forget their anxiety of not being at a long enough retreat, <laughs> the Buddha will appear before them, not at the retreat. Maybe at the fucking coffee shop. <laughs> maybe, maybe in their beer, who knows? <laughs> the Buddha will appear before them, for this mind is the Buddha. And the Buddha is all living beings. It is not the less for being manifested in ordinary beings, nor is it greater for being manifested in the Buddha. Can I give you one more? Yeah. This is New Year. Bear with me. I just like this guy. Here we go. Our original Buddha nature is in highest truth devoid of any atom of objectivity. Not a thing. It is void, omnipresent, silent, pure. It is glorious and mysterious, peaceful joy. And that is all. <laughs> Enter deeply into it by awaking to it yourself. That which is before you is it. In all its fullness, utterly complete, there is naught beside Yeah. Yeah. This blew my mind when I got introduced to this when I was younger. It still does now. Alright, so here, when the people of the world hear it said that the Buddhas, the Buddhas transmit the doctrine of the mind, they suppose that, that there is something to be attained or realized apart from mind. In other words, 
You're going to use the mind to find mind. Yeah? You're going to use what is already it to try to get it. It's a fundamental lock that occurs. Yeah? It's like a hiccup in the failed system of selfing that it can't override. Yet it will persist on and on and on and on and on. It will keep writing itself into the story. Yeah? Somehow. Yeah? Somehow I'm going to do myself into a state of being. When you are the state of being, while you're doing. Yeah. And thereupon they use mind to seek the Dharma, or the way, you know. Not knowing that mind and the objects of their search are one. Mind cannot be used to seek something from mind, for then, after passing of, <laughs> of millions of eons, the day of success will still not have dawned. To me, it's an incredible call for relaxation. Yeah. My father, I never did anything to cause my father not to be able to play with me. It was an impossibility. He was ill. Yes? All these insane ideas that I had that I breathed life into and now after they're dead and old they seem to still have the ability to bind me to some crazy idea of being the one who omitted and committed and didn't and didn't and shouldn't and shouldn't. Yes? All of that is just mental hearsay with no place to land. We're the airport. We're the one that calls it in with the tower by the word my all day. And all the thoughts land and they're yours. All the feelings land, they're yours. All the things you saw are yours. Everything you heard was yours. Everything you did was yours. And that's the act of blue to the mind, which is an impossibility, be bound, being bound to an idea of being a thing. It can only happen in time, and it can only seem to happen in time. It cannot be true, but it can appear to be true to us, to the mind. Yeah. And if it appears to be true to the mind, it's going to really fucking appear to be true. So, there you have it.